0: You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can get Locked On Mets on the brand new podcasting app Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Also, when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Podcast Locked on Mets. Well, it was a big day today in Mets land as the Mets went out there and won their opening day matchup against the Washington Nationals 2 to nothing. In the opening segment here, I'm going to break down the game that unfolded today, and then later in the second segment, I'm going to tell you why you should maybe hold off on getting too excited Off of one game. But let's not drag yourselves down just yet. Let's stay excited. Let's stay pumped up. The Mets went out and they won a big game. And I'll tell you. Jacob DeGrom went out there and proved that he is worth every single penny. That big contract extension he just signed. Now it was also a throwback Jacob DeGrom's start. A start where it didn't look like he had his best stuff all day. His slider and his changeup really for most of the day just weren't there for him. He couldn't get the move from strikes. The only pitch... He was really able to count on all day with his fastball, and it got him out of some jams, and he he did what he always does, which is he focused on singular tasks at hand. Simply execute your pitches. That's something that he does better than anyone I've probably ever seen, to be able to just focus on that one pitch and not worry about the fact that you have no outs and the bases are loaded behind you. To be able to lock in on the batter, i got to throw a fastball in the outside corner and just execute that. If you execute your pitches, good things are going to happen. And sometimes you end up being fortunate, which happened just in the first inning: two guys on base, line drive shot that should have gone into left field, but Jeff McNeil makes a great diving stop to stop it and save that inning. Later on, there was another time where he had a first and third situation, hard hit ball to third. McNeil fields it, throws it to second base. Robinson Cano. Very heads up. He notices a bad base running decision by the runner on third who takes off for home. While Cano gets slid into, he just kind of reaches out, flips the ball to the catcher, able to get him in a rundown and get the out to end the inning with a double play. So those are two key defensive plays, and I think that highlights one thing that we should get into, which is the fact that I think the Mets' infield defense now is better than it's been in a long time. You used to have guys... Like Jose Reyes, not the best defender anymore, as Drew Cabrera, Neil Walker, guys throughout the years who have been able to feel their position, but haven't been able to give you that much extra. I looked on the infield today and saw three plus defenders at one point when they had McNeil playing third base, who looked really great out there, and Med Rosario at shortstop who I think is really going to come into his own defensively as the captain of that infield this year. Robinson can know who plays the position as smooth as you'll ever ever see it. You can't see a scenario where his hands, he's going to even make an error on the routine play. He's not going to be the guy that's going to dive into the hole and make a stop for you, but he really does play the position very well and very smartly as a veteran who has been in this game for a long time. So he brings that extra element to his defense as we saw in that one play. I do not want to forget about this matchup as a whole, which was the Scherzer versus DeGrom element. This was the matchup between number one and number two in the Cy Young voting last year. And it was a matchup that didn't disappoint. They combined for 22 strikeouts on the day. You looked up in the sixth inning, and both of them, I mean, just absolute dealing. I think Scherzer at that point had given up two hits and the one run. DeGrom, five hits on the day he gave up, didn't allow a single run. The two of them going at it, you want to watch that two or three more times. You would love to see a late inning start between the two of them with the division on the line. That was good baseball. It's fun to see those two great pitchers going at it and acing staffs in the same division. That's really impressive. Now let's talk about Robinson Cano a little bit because Robinson Cano, today he looked like the Mets' best player, and I think that's a narrative to follow throughout the season. Can he continue to play like that? I think right now in baseball, the trend, everything is going younger. Everyone is making it to the major league sooner. By the time you hit 30, people are putting you into the figurative grave. That's it. Older guys aren't getting opportunities. Robinson Cano is still out here performing. And if you look at his numbers throughout his career, there has yet to be a drop-off. And when you watch the way he plays the game, he is a game that ages really well. It's a guy who has great hands, great eye, great plate to discipline at the plate, knows when which pitches to attack, and knows which pitches to flick off and, and just get base hits. You saw that in the first inning. No one on. Robinson Cano. I mean, the easiest little swing. Just a flick of the wrist. Takes a ball. Puts it into the seats. Left center field. Gives Jacob DeGrom a lead, which is something he found very rarely last year. A little cushion. One run lead for DeGrom, and it actually feels like you have a great chance to win the game. This is just in the first inning. Now, later in the game, the Mets desperately needed an insurance run. Dominic Smith pinch-hitting. Draws the walk to start the rally. Pete Alonzo had a really tough debut. Had to go against Max Scherzer, who he really was struggling with. Gets a break by a hard righty coming in, but this righty had a real closed-off pitching motion. Tough to hit. Alonso showed a lot of grit. Fought off some pitches. He ends up dumping a little ball into the outfield, getting his first major league hit, extending the rally, men on first and second, and then Cano came in and did what he does professional hitter knows the situation i don't need a home run okay this is a close game we just need one more run let's just get another run across he goes opposite field hits a little liner goes over the shortstop head dumps right in the left field perfect to score the run for second base no play on the play could two rbis on the day comes out there you see he is just a really good baseball player and Whether you think that he's going to have five great years for the Mets, I mean, there's no way of knowing how he's going to age in two or three years. But I think for the first one or two years of this deal, I think Brody Van Wageny made a great trade to get him in this lineup, and he was really overlooked. People were more focused on how much money he made and didn't think about the player he was, and he truly proved today to be an impact player, a player that can carry this team offensively through stretches this year. So I think that's going to be something that really transforms this club to get a bona fide superstar like that. I mean, you're talking about star power and gravitas that we haven't seen with the Mets. I mean, I guess Cespedes is okay, but really, since David Wright was not doing with injuries and was in his prime, so I think that's what Cano is going to bring to the field this year. Now, one last thing to note, the bullpen pitched well. Seth Lugo, Jerry's Familia, Edwin Diaz all got through their innings unscathed. So the Mets finish the day again, 2-0 win. Exciting, but don't get too excited, Mets fans. I'm going to tell you after the break why we should hold off on buying playoff tickets, okay? And I also want you to remember, to get this show every day, I need you to subscribe to Locked On Mets on the new Himalaya Podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcasting world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked On Mets. Guys, let's talk about sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable alternative to Viagra and Cialis with the same FDA-approved active ingredients so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They are made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they are cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we have a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code MLB. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B L U E dot Promo code MLB. Try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. All right, we are back here on Locked On Mets. Now, if you are just glowing from opening day's glory and you want to just soar through the sun on your Mets fandom right now, you can turn off the podcast because I'll tell you right now, I'm going to drag you down a little bit here, okay? Because here is a fact that we all need to understand. The New York Mets are the greatest opening day team, not only in baseball, but in major American sports. They are the Yankees on opening day. They are, they are the Golden State Warriors now. They are the team that can't be beaten. The Mets are 38-12 and 12 over their last 50 opening days. Okay, that is, why, that is why every Mets fan wakes up on opening day like it's Christmas morning because the Mets are going to win on opening day. Now, despite that great record, they have only made the playoffs nine times in their franchise history. So despite their great opening day record, the Mets have only made the playoffs nine times. So it does not necessarily point to their success later in the year if they win the first game. Last year, the Mets won opening day went on to start 11-1, and but ultimately went 15-39 and in May and June to fall out of the playoff race before the All-Star break. And let's talk about the history of opening day with the Mets. Just the somewhat recent history. I'll take you back to 2003. There was a newly minted Japanese shortstop by the name of Kaz Matsui, who the Mets had just signed to be the next great Met, supposed to lead the Mets into the future with a double play combination of Kaz Matsui and Jose Reyes. And remember, they thought so highly of Matsui that they actually let him stay at shortstop and moved the promising Jose Reyes to second base. Matsui let off opening day with a home run and went 2-for-4 on the day with two RBIs. Mets fans were like, wow, this Matsui guy's going to be pretty good, huh? Well, from that point on, his Mets career overall, he hits two fifty-six. 11 home runs, 75 RBIs, in 239 games played. Ironically, he was only great on opening days as he homered in his first at-bat in all three of his years in New York. Fast forward seven years, 2010. Jason Bay comes to town after signing a big four-year $66 million contract. Jason Bay went ahead and goes two for four in opening day with a triple. He wound up hitting 234 with 26 home runs across 288 career games with the Mets. Now, spirit of honesty, when I got the idea to look back at old opening days, in my head I thought, Jason Bay, that guy was horrible. But I bet you there was one day back after they signed him where Mets fans were all in love with this new free agent edition, Jason Bay. And sure enough, opening day 2010, Mets fans were in love with Jason Bay for a day until he was horrible for the rest of his career with the Mets. In 2013, the Mets traded for a center fielder by the name of Colin Calgill, and they had him set to lead off on opening day. Calgill all of a sudden looked like a center fielder of the future. Goes 2-for-4 with a grand slam. But then from that point on, Kalgill would only get 9 more hits across his next 60 at-bats, and he was released by June. Now this does not mean the Mets won't be good this year, but it's just to caution Mets fans... From getting too far ahead of yourselves. And also, not to mess with Mets fans too much here, but I will say this. There was an interesting thread I just picked up on. Kaz Matsui, 2 for 4. Jason Bay, 2 for 4. Colin Calgill, 2 for 4. Today, Robinson Cano, 2 for 4. With that morbid note, I leave you. Thanks for listening, and remember, you can subscribe to this show on the new Himalaya Podcast app, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Podcasts Locked on Mets.